Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They are playing our song here on Birds 365. You got John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Uh, we did not consult on the outfits we were wearing before tonight's <laughs> show. Well, I don't even know, man. I had some issues, Jody. Uh, yeah, I heard uh, a little power outage at Shay McMullen. Yeah, I didn't even know, but I woke up and all the clocks were blinking. And, uh, and then, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get the dog out. My wife's not working this week, so she's getting up later and on and on and on. And I'm like, oh. The computer won't start. I'm like, oh, that's right. It's not on because you got to yeah, kind, kind of need electricity to turn your computer on. Are, are you like me still dependent on your alarm clock, not your phone? Because no, uh, I'm a phone guy. You are a, a phone guy. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, my my power goes out, I'm a dead man because I never put an alarm on my phone. I know I should use it as a backup. My daughter always does. I hear multiple alarms go off whenever she's home. She's got an actual uh, alarm in her room, but she uses her phone much more than anything else. Yeah, I guess I should get used to doing that just in case stuff like what happened to you today happens to me, because if the power goes out at the McDonald house, you'll be doing Birds 365 <laughs> solo. And it won't be because, and even if the power comes back on, the clock goes out in yeah. the middle of the night, I'm not noticing it, so I'm a dead man. I'm not getting up. I hear you. Uh, that's not why I do it. Uh, I think eventually, uh, you know, all decisions are, are made by my wife. So eventually <laughs> she said, I'm getting rid of this thing. I have no say in it. So. Oh, yeah. By the way, the alarm uh, next to my bed, I'm guessing circa 1995. 19, yeah. Somewhere there about. It's got to be 25 Is there a radio in there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Little clock radio with the digital time on it. Oh, I, I, I know I got it. Uh, That's old school. Sitting on the porch, you can bring out the, the, the clock radio and listen to Jody McDonald on <laughs> WFAN back in the day. Oh, I got enough other radios sitting around the house. I don't actually have to take the clock radio out, but that's another thing that I should learn to just listen on my phone, and I never do that either. But we're very happy that those of you who are up watching us on your computer, pumping us through your TV, your smart TV, however you're taking us in this morning, we got plenty to say about the Philadelphia Eagles, who took another small step. Last night's game wasn't completely irrelevant. Um, less important because it was a non-conference game uh, between these Saints and the Dolphins. But any loss for any competitor at this stage is a good loss. How about the Miami Dolphins taking advantage of the Saints the way, same way the Eagles have taken advantage of some of the quarterbacks that they've played of late here in the National Football League? Ian Book, would you rate him above, behind, or exactly on a plane with Jake Fromm? From this weekend's well, football action, Jake. I have to be honest and say when the Dolphins made it uh, 17-3, I believe, I clicked off the game. At that point, that is just brutal football, Jody. I mean, at that point, he was better. I, I don't know what happened after that point, 
at all. Um, obviously, he was not good. Um, but I think he was better than Jake Fromm. Uh, again, and that's not a full uh, plate of actually went on in the game. But I'm with Peter King. I don't know if you saw his tweet this morning. I retweeted it, trying to pull it up. Yeah, the NFL has got to make some decisions. This is Peter to make about these COVID's rabid teams. If for less shows like the Saints lineup and the national TV game continue, not sure what the NFL could have done other than move this game back to Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, but this game was an embarrassment. This is no fun, Jody. These games are no fun. I realize Eagles fans want to make the playoffs. Look, I get that. I give them credit for taking advantage of these situations. But, man, I want to – you know, one of the the things that sort of drives the popularity of this league is Urban Meyer's sentiment. Every game's Alabama. Every game's competitive. Uh, obviously, I'm being facetious. There are blowouts in every season. But you see it all the time in the NFL. Certain team beats another team. The Lions win, you know, best team, worst team. Arizona Cardinals, when they lost to the Lions, at the time had the best record. Um, this league is is built on parity. And, and these games are not parity. And these games are over before they begin. And I had the Eagles versus, I was telling fans, don't hand ring. Don't worry about Tuesday. Don't worry, got pushed back. It's Gary Gilbert and Jake Brown. It's not the Eagles' fault, but it's no fun, Jody. It is no fun. If you beat the New York Giants, even with Daniel Jones, they still stink, but you have a sense of an accomplishment. If you beat the Washington football team with Taylor Heineke, it's still Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen. But it's an NFL player. There's some sense of accomplishment. I I don't know. I don't like it. I don't I don't like it at all. I'm I don't have the answers. I don't know what you can do. But I'm just saying, this is no fun. I took a uh, call last night. I think it was on CBS. I don't know if it's CBS or WIP because I did both last night. Um, it was probably on on CBS because it was a national call. It was a Saints fan who was absolutely livid that they were playing a game last night. And he said, listen, understand they pushed back three games last week when the team had 20-plus guys in the COVID protocol. Well, the Saints, by the time the game started, had over 20 guys in the COVID protocol. And my only explanation was this, that they added several more prior to the game, so they might have been in the teens when they needed to make the decision on when they were going to move the game. Now, you got to do so with at least a couple days' notice. You can't say five minutes before the game when the stadium's full and everybody's paid $50 to park that car. Oh, yeah, by the way, we just tested everybody. They got 23 guys. It's not fair. We're going to push this one back two days. Can't do it that way. So they, they, I'm sure they have a cutoff time-wise in place before kickoff that we need to make a decision on this game if there's going to be a postponement which, by the way, this was a Monday night game, which is different than a Sunday game because when the Eagles got pushed back from Sunday to Tuesday, you got to push it back two days from Monday to now Wednesday, and nobody wanted to play the game this week against the Giants because, oh, that's too quick a turnaround. It'd be an even quicker turnaround for the Saints and the Dolphins trying to play their game last week. So, yeah, COVID is ravaging the season. 
And I think the NFL is doing the best that they can. You can think it's not good enough, but like John just said, let me concur. I got no idea how to fix it. How to do it better. What can you wave a magic wand and say, stop getting positive tests for COVID? That doesn't quite work. I don't know how the NFL could handle it any differently. I think they did the best two weeks ago when the Eagles, unfortunately, were uh, pushed back and had to deal with a very short week, which, oh, by the way, they won both games anyway. So if the results are the only thing that matters, the Eagles are perfectly fine. I don't know what they could have done for last night's game. Yes, Ian Book was woefully overmatched and not ready to play quarterback in the National Football League. Can I can I give you the best stat that I saw? And we'll probably tick off at least one or two birds, 365 guys here. Because entertained quarterbacks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for their last 23? Yeah. The last 23 games started in the National Football League by Notre Dame quarterbacks. They've lost every single one of them. I had no idea that Deshaun Kaiser... Yeah, I didn't he, even he, know he, he got 15 starts in the league. Yeah. He did, and he lost every single one of them? Yeah. That's and unbelievable. I, uh, by the way, I'm going to make a public mea culpa here, Jody. What's that? Um, I forget when Deshaun Kaiser was drafted, but I think it was, I don't know, um, 20, I'm going to look it up, 2017. He was a second-round pick. Before that season started, before that college season started, if you go back, you will see numerous draft sites that rated him, graded him as the number one overall player in the draft. Overall or number one quarterback? Not, well, there were some, yeah, number one quarterback, certainly, but some number one overall. Before it started, before uh, the college season started, he didn't live up to expectations. Ultimately, he fell. Um, I thought he was going to be a player. <laughs> I thought he was going to be a player. I admit it. And he was just beyond awful. And his mechanics, and it's just, you see it all the time with modern quarterbacks. Uh, the mechanics are just atrocious. And that was that was his deal as well. There were certain guys, Patrick Mahomes being most noticeable of this. Patrick Mahomes, I got news for people, still doesn't have good mechanics. He's sort of like a Steph Curry. He's able to overcome it because he's got such unique skills and unique talents. He's just better than everybody else. And he can throw the football like a shortstop. His dad was a baseball but You're not supposed to be able to do that. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to throw the football across your body. You're not supposed to have the worst footwork in the world. He's able to do that and still be the best uh, quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I admit it. I'm going to raise my hand. I thought Deshaun Kaiser was going to be a player. I was maybe more woefully wrong about that pick than any other draft pick in my history. So I'll take the hit for that. Um, Other than that, I mean, the other guys are like four games, four games. Ian Book shouldn't even be starting. Oh, I'll give you a guy as as much as Deshaun Kaiser was well liked. How many Jimmy Clausen's going to win the Heisman articles did I read? Oh, oh, my yeah. God, he was going to revolutionize football at Notre Dame. Yeah. And he was lucky to even stay in the league for as long as he did. Here's my advice on Notre Dame. Draft the offensive linemen. Don't draft the quarterbacks. You got to go back to the mad bomber, Daryl LaMonica, for the truly 
quality, high high class, talented quarterback. Joe Theismann. A long time ago. Joe Theismann. Ah, you're right. I forgot Theismann uh, or uh, Theismann as he Thiesman. was known. In, That's great. In high school, him. prior to yeah. getting to Notre Dame, when they looked at him and said, "Oh, guess what? We're changing your name, Theismann, because it oh, rhymes nicely." Bro, wait, with wait, Jody. We're both gonna take it on the boat. Joe Montana. I mean, my God. Yeah, we forgot oh, shoot. Joe Montana. He was he was before. And let us remember that Montana, much like uh, that Brady guy who probably supplanted him as the greatest of all time, also passed over in the draft by a whole bunch of teams. Wasn't yeah, exactly. Was the We're talking about Deshaun pick. Geiser being the number one pick in the draft. Joe Montana was the number one pick of the first round or the second round. He didn't go till the third round. So kudos to those who uh, sniffed them out, a.k.a. the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so last night game. E ugliness. Good if, if if you're just purely looking at the result, because the Eagles got one step closer to the playoffs with the Saints loss. Don, we touched on this yesterday, and maybe it's because of last night's game, but I'm feeling even stronger about it today. Eagles gonna make the playoffs by Sunday. The yeah. last game of the season, we've been debating back and forth on what are the Cowboys going to do. If they've got a chance to get the number one seed, certainly they're going to go all out. If it's just the difference between three and four, will they actually play? No, to get a different type opponent, which, oh, by the way, you're not going to know probably on the bottom. At number four, you probably know you're going to play the Cardinals. Um, The Cowboys will have just played the Cardinals, so they'll have a good feel about that. I don't know if they'll jockey for it. I doubt it. I think they'll pull their players. Somebody gave me a pretty good argument last night between two and three. If you finish two, then you know you get that second home game at home, that you're locked into the two spot, which means you know you're going to host two playoff games, which can be important. Personally, I think if I were Jerry Jones, I would say, no, let's protect our players. Two, three, as long as we're in, we'll, we'll fight on the road if we have to. We're more worried about what the Cowboys are going to do. What if the Eagles have nothing to gain by winning that last game of the season? Yeah, 10 7 is a really nice record, but which is more important, staying healthy for the playoffs or getting double digit wins? It It's interesting. Certainly staying healthy for the playoffs. Um, but from the Eagles' perspective, I would say. You because you have a young developing quarterback, you want that quarterback to play. And if you want that quarterback to play, well, you want the offensive line to play. So a lot of it takes care of itself. You're not going to throw them out there in front of backup players. Uh, so I would lean towards playing. You know, I, I can't recall. I'm sure it's, I mean, now we're at seven, six seeds, resting players. Usually you're fighting. Uh, usually you're not locked in that late. So it is a little bit of a rare uh, occurrence. And I would say more likely to happen now than not that, you know, if you think about next week, the Eagles need three things to happen. And probably the most difficult is them beating the Washington football team who are look like they're dead in the water. So, you know, that's probably the most difficult hurdle. Green Bay is going to beat Minnesota on Sunday night. Then you need San Francisco to beat the Houston Texans. I mean, Houston, all credit to David Culley. I don't know how he's gotten four wins out of that roster. Uh, And he had a big win uh, last week against the Chargers. But they're not going to do that two times in a row. Um, So the other two, they're 
almost a fait accompli. All you got to do is go down the FedEx field and take care of business against a Washington football team that's fighting each other, that still, you know, hasn't recovered from their COVID ravaged issues. Um, yeah, I would say at this stage, it's more likely to happen than not, Jody. Well, um, let me add to the, what you just laid out. There is a another possibility that if the 49ers somehow lose to Houston, which with Jimmy G with a broken bone in his hand, uh, Miles Sanders has a broken bone in his hand. He's definitely already out this week. Jimmy G says he's going to try and gut it out for the 49ers with not only a broken hand, but strained ligaments in his hand as well. Uh, good luck with that. If they got to go to Trey Lance, it's been two months since Trey Lance uh, took any snack, snaps of significance in this league. That's going to be very difficult. We're seeing the, on a week-in, week-out basis, quarterbacks who aren't quite ready for prime time being thrown into the deep end of the pool could very well happen with Trey Lance this week. So even if the 49ers lose, if the Saints should lose, and again, we've got seven days to find out if they're going to get either of their two quasi-quarterbacks back or if Ian Book is in for a repeat of performance this upcoming week, even if the 49ers do lose, there's another way the Eagles can make the playoffs this upcoming week. Yeah. Um, you know, the Saints, obviously, uh, you know, they're I'm playing Carolina, I believe. Yes. And then it's Arid. Um, then it finishes up with Atlanta. So I'm not as concerned if it's not this week, it's going to be next week. I think the Saints are dead in the water. Um as far as, but you're right, there's more avenues than one, and and all of them are legitimate because of San Francisco's issues, which looked like a lock a uh, couple weeks ago. I, I got to tell you, that's I'm a little bit surprised that um, Kyle Shanahan hasn't pulled that trigger already, uh, and I think maybe it would be a positive for him to go in that direction at this point to go to Trey Lance from Jimmy Garoppolo. The difference from him and some of these other young quarterbacks who are clearly not ready, I mean, he's been there the whole year. Not forget about the talent level. Forget about he's a top five pick. He's been there the whole year. In theory, he's learned the whole system. Kyle Shanahan's supposed to be this quarterback genius, this quarterback whisperer. He better damn well have him understanding the offense at least. And then you talk about the struggles of Jimmy Garoppolo. But even with all that, Jody, again, I'm assuming, just like I'm assuming Green Bay is going to win, I'm assuming San Francisco is going to win. And that's why I went that route. And because of the opponent, um, and if that happens, and if San Francisco is able to win, if, if Green Bay does win, then all the Eagles have to do is win and they're in the playoffs. Okay. And that, to me, is certainly the most likely scenario that is going to happen. Never mind, could happen. Uh, Houston beating San Francisco with, you know, maybe they could beat him with Ian Book or Garrett Gilbert, but it's not going to be Ian Book or Garrett Gilbert or Jake Fromm, the worst yeah. of them all. I, By I the way, who we... was better? You didn't answer. Who was better, Jake Fromm or Ian Book? Yeah, it was still Ian Book, as bad as Ian Book <laughs> so was. was Nobody could be Ian as bad Book. as Jake Fromm I saw, I saw a couple of completions down the field. I know I saw a yeah, couple he of them. He, he yeah. completed his, uh, ver his very first completion, went to 
the other team for six points. Yeah. A uh, pick six going back the other way for Miami. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, hang with you on a Birds 365 Tuesday. Tuesday. Why are we having Ed Kratz on a Tuesday? He's game day, Kratz. There's no game day attached. We had some wacky yeah. uh, days attached to the week because of the canceled uh, postponement last night. Why is Kratz on today? Has he got uh, plans for later in the week? No, well, we got plans later in the week. We're not going to be here Thursday or Friday. Happy New Year, everybody! So yeah. that's uh, we got to we got to we can't go zero for two with Ed Kratz in two weeks. So I said, "What day can you do, Ed Kratz?" And he said, "All right, let me do let me do Tuesday." As he yeah. pops on, we'll get the Kratz man up next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. McMullen and McDonald here with you. Please stay with us. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
you got your Mac and Mac guys, Jeremy Thomas and John McMullen. And we've got company. And it's always fun when we get our next guest up who, oh, by the way, took advantage of the fact that McMullen and I are in front of green screen, so we can't wear eagle green. Ed Kratz said, I'm putting my eagle green on today, baby. Showing proudly that the birds are in the playoff push. Actually, in the playoffs as of right now. Uh, nice uh, choice of color today, Mr. Kratz. Jody, it's just a green shirt, man. You know, I put a blue shirt on and nobody says, hey, you're wearing Giants blue. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. the shirt. Hey, this could be Jets. This could be Jets green too, Jody, if you want to look at it. How about those Jets beating the Jags this week? How yeah. about it? The best yeah. rushing performance of the season, I believe. Even better than the Eagles from the New York Jets. Is that correct, Jody? Didn't they run for like 270 or well, something? That, I, I know that uh, it was kind of a full one because their quarterback took off, went 65 yeah. yards on one given yeah. play. Which, oh, by the way, did you see the Jags attempt to tackle on that play? You talk about not. a lack of fundamentals. Oh, my God. They just like let him walk down the sideline for 40 yards and three guys kind of just like grazed into him and didn't push him out of bounds. But I don't think people want to hear about the Jets. They want to hear about the Eagles, Ed Kratz. How impressed were you with that win over the barnstorming <laughs> New York Giants? <laughs> well, I, listen, hey, you know, it's an NFC East game. Uh, you can't apologize for any win in the NFL. And if you look at the Eagles schedule when it came out, we kind of knew that this would be a chance for them to kind of put up some wins. Right. I mean, how tough it was early on and now it kind of softened in the second half and we're we're seeing the results of that, but you have to give the Eagles credit because they're a team that has gotten better uh, from week one until, you know, here we are week 17 and, and they are a better football team. And, you know, some of that could be the competition, but we knew the competition was going to take a dip. Uh, so I was impressed with the win. Sure. I, you know, it's not easy to win, especially a division game uh, where the teams play each other twice. And this year, those games are condensed. They just had beaten the Giants of, or lost to the Giants, I should say, a couple weeks earlier. And now you're playing a Washington team that they just beat, you know, 12 days ago. And, and that's not easy. And, you know, if the Eagles win, everybody will say, oh, well, it's only Washington. They haven't beaten anybody. But listen, you can't apologize for any wins. We saw this coming when the schedule came out. And they're in the playoff hunt. And, you know, I think Eagles fans should be very happy that they are in the playoff race. Yeah, they should be happy. And that's interesting because I've gotten a bunch of Twitter people today, I guess because of the way uh, Brian Flores took care of the New Orleans Saints in a similar situation with Ian Book last night on national television. A lot of blitzing, a lot of pressure. And we know that's not Jonathan Gannon's uh, sort of mode, uh, uh, modus operandi, so to speak. But did I miss the Eagles losing to Garrett Gilbert or Jake Fromm or even struggling defensively? I Not only do certain fans want style points, but they want a certain type of style points. It, it, it's bizarre to me, Ed. What, I mean, what more can you do? They completely shut down. Their their defensive numbers are unbelievable for the season now. Now, and I want to talk about that with you as well, uh, because you have to put the context on the good as well as the bad. But well, if you dominate a, a player or or a quarterback or a situation, isn't that the goal? Yeah, again, and this is a weird season now here as we come to the end of it with so many players turning uh, positive 
COVID tests. So, you know, you're playing teams that are, you know, not only injured with, you know, real injuries, but now you're playing teams that don't have a full complement roster with COVID. I think that Saints team wasn't really that Saints team last night against the Dolphins. I think the Saints had 21 guys on the COVID list. And, you know, the NFL postponed the Eagles-Washington game when Washington had 20-plus players on its COVID list. And yet, you know, they pressed forward with this one. And I get why they did. It was a Monday night game. I mean, when are you going to postpone it to, Tuesday or Wednesday? And then, you know, everybody's on a short week. So uh, it's just strange. I don't understand why, you know, fans aren't happy with these wins. Maybe they're spoiled that, you know, the Eagles just won a Super Bowl a few years ago. And I don't understand why they want style points. Maybe they're not looking forward to a playoff matchup against Tampa Bay or Dallas or whoever, L.A., and then getting maybe, you know, potentially beaten pretty badly because, let's face it, this Eagles team can't start the way it has against Washington and the Giants uh, and and expect to beat, you know, a pretty good team, I would think. But if you just get into the tournament, and I think you mentioned this, John, is this is the year to get in because of all of the – unpredictability of it the covid situation you don't know what that's going to look like so you know you had the arizona cardinals riding high early on in the season looking like the number one seed steamrolling toward the you know the playoffs and now here they've lost to the lions and then uh who are uh, the colts last week so uh, you, you just get in now and and you take your chances you know that's really all you can do and that's what every playoff season is like you just get in and with the unpredictability this year, who, who knows what can happen? So I don't understand why fans want style points. I say just take a win and, and just turn the page and move on to the next week. Eagles are now dangerously close to getting in and might do so before the last week of the season, which would give them the option of potentially holding guys out. I know you want to finish strong. They've won four games in a row. Uh, they've won three games in a row. They're going for their fourth in a row, something they haven't done since back in 2019. To win that last game, we'll give them five in a row, which is something they haven't done since the Super Bowl season. you got to take it all the way back to 2017. They've won five games in a row. Yeah, I don't care. Once you get into the playoffs, your record becomes irrelevant. It's just win that game that day. And I would be cautious. I would sit Jalen Hurts. You know uh, Kelsey's going to come out because they try and protect him at every turn as well they should. What do you think they're going to do in week 18 if they don't need the win, Ed Kratz? Go uh, full board to keep the winning streak going or get a little conservative and protect players and get them off the field in a game that isn't going to move the needle at all? Yeah, you get them off the field. I mean, you know, it was interesting. We talked to Nick Sirianni yesterday, and and, uh, I think I I asked him about Jalen Hurts and his ankle and, you know, how Jalen hasn't really been a big part of the running game these last two weeks. I know he had two one-yard touchdowns against Washington, but he only carried the ball twice against the Giants. And, uh, you know, he kind of admitted that, you know, they were being cautious with his ankle. uh, But now he says there's no restrictions with the ankle, they feel confident that he's over that, but they were being cautious. And I expect that if they're sitting there locked into whatever playoff seed they have heading into that Dallas game that, yeah, they're going to sit hurts. They'll play Minshew. I mean, Minshew's chomping at the bit to get back into a game after playing the jets, they'll play Minshew. You're right about Jason Kelsey. They'll play uh, whoever his backup is, but uh, I would expect them to rest some guys. Now, they may not have any guys to rest in the running back room because, you know, Miles Sanders is out. 
we saw he posted something on social media last night of him having surgery on his broken hand. That can't be a good sign for him returning uh, anytime soon. Jordan Howard has a stinger issue. Who knows if he'll play Sunday. Sirianni said he was hopeful, but it was a stinger that ended Howard's season in 2019. He was having a very good year through 10 games, had the stinger, and then we didn't see him again uh, because of the injury. So I don't know how many running backs they'll be able to rest because of these injuries, but Hurts for sure, if they're locked in, I don't think we'll see him week 18 against the Cowboys at all, or Kelsey, or maybe even Slay, you know, some of these veteran guys. Cox might take a seat. Um, and they'll play these younger kids. Uh, certainly would be interesting because you have that dichotomy. Obviously, you're right. Uh, I didn't you know, factor in Jalen Hurts' ankle, Ed, but you want a young quarterback to develop. You know, Who knows if Dallas has to play, as Jody says. But for development's sake, that would be a big game for Jalen Hurts. And if you play the quarterback, you got to play the offensive line because you don't want a young quarterback behind a bunch of backup offensive linemen. So it is something to keep an eye on. I I do want to play dead bulls advocate because as I said, um, you know, style points, take the good fortune, uh, say thank you and, and move on. And that's all the Eagles can do, but we know the two and five start since then they've won six of eight, which seems very impressive. Every, every week, uh, John Ganode, one of the Eagles PR staff members, uh, sends out the numbers to us, and you've seen them, Ed. Eagles are top, you know, two and one in offensive categories, top five in defensive categories since this little run started. And it's all very impressive. But I want to ask you, what's the most impressive win over this streak? And I'm putting you on the spot, so I'll give you the wins. At Detroit, at Denver, remember they had lost Pat Shermer, their offensive play caller at the time. They were down, I believe, their three top linebackers. Uh, The New Orleans Saints with no Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill. It was Trevor Simeon. Jody's New York Jets, where everybody says, oh, it's just the Jets. The Washington football team with Garrett Gilbert, or the New York Giants with Jake Fromm? <laughs> well, see, John, when you put it like that, I would say, uh, is there a plan? Is there, you know, an option B? <laughs> uh, but I, uh, so I'll, I'll go outside the box on that. And I'll say, I think all of them are impressive just because <laughs> they, they won. I mean, and again, it, it's hard to win. And listen, the Eagles aren't some world beating team. I mean, they could have easily have lost these games just as they as easily won them. And it wasn't easy, but. Uh, you know, I think they could have lost these games just as well as they could have won them. But to their credit, they have won them. I mean, this was a team that was two and five and a coach talking about fertilizing and watering flowers. <laughs> and and they by the way, still talking about that. That sticks in his crawl. <laughs> I know. Uh, but it was a team that could have gone south very quickly. And I guess if you want to point to a win, may- maybe it was that Lions win. uh I know Detroit was winless at the time, but you've seen what they've done since they beat Arizona. Uh, they beat somebody else. Didn't they have another win in there? Minnesota. Somewhere? Minnesota. I mean, and lion, the lions were a team that was coming in, having lost some pretty close games on field goals. You know, they needed a 60, you know, 60 something yard field goal from Jason or Justin Tucker to beat 
the, the Ravens needed that to beat them. And, and the Eagles went in there and just handed them their lunch 44 to six. And that might've been kind of the springboard. And it's strange to say a win over a winless team is, is that, but the lions had been playing well. I hate to say it, but I picked the lions to win that game <laughs> based on how they were playing and the Eagles were playing and the Eagles went in and smoked them. So I think that might've been kind of the mm-hmm. biggest win of that group, just because of what it what it was a precursor to, which was, you know, winning four out of their last five games. Easily the biggest win of the year was Denver. They were above 500 at the time on the road. Yeah. Um, I don't have Denver's record, but I bet you they're, uh, yeah, they were banged up that week though, Jody. They were, they didn't have really their tackles with up. them, right? They didn't have, yeah, any they didn't, I didn't tackles. even bring that up. They were down yeah. their top three linebackers. They were missing both their starting offensive tackles. They were really up against it as well. But um, it was a big play by Darius Slay that turned yes. that game around that yes. 83 yard touchdown return when it was a close game. And, and, you know, we've seen the Eagles defense do that a couple times, right? You know, uh, against I think it was was it uh the Jets that, that Darius Slay had the interception return. Yeah. You know their yeah, defense still, Teddy Bridgewater is a legitimate NFL quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a take your team to the Super Bowl quarterback. But he sure as hell isn't Jake Fromm. So yes, <laughs> beating Teddy Bridgewater on the road, even if they were down some guys with either injury or COVID, Denver was their best win of the season. Yeah, Bridgewater is, you're right, a good quarterback. Terrible tackler, though, right? You started the show by saying, (laughs) you know. I forgot all about that, Ed Grex. Thank you for reminding about that. If he makes a play. tackle all year. Yeah, if he makes a play there that stops Slay from that touchdown return, who knows what happens in that game. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, look, they deserve credit. I'm just playing that devil's advocate because the schedule – is as light as it gets and hey you can only put uh you can only play who they put on the schedule so from that standpoint the eagles deserve uh a little bit of credit now you mentioned COVID 19 we can't get away from it tom pelicero tweets this morning from nfl research all right here's the list a positive test brings the total to 521 in december from yesterday including 476 since December 13. That is nearly one out of four active NFL players. Kind of hit home yesterday. Four players going on the COVID-19 list for the Eagles. It's just the way it's going to be, Ed. We sit and wait for 4 o'clock and see what shoe is going to drop. And we're saying, look, everything looks good for the Eagles this week. Green Bay should beat Minnesota on Sunday night. San Francisco should beat Houston. And if the Eagles beat the Washington football team under those circumstances, they are in the playoffs this week. Don't even have to play week 18. Don't have to play anybody. But what if Aaron Rodgers comes up? He he can't, actually. So that's helpful because he already tested positive and there's that loophole. But what if other major COVID things happen all of a sudden, the entire landscape changed. The Eagles have been lucky to this point. Lucky. I, I think there's a little bit of hubris that they're doing the right things. But all of a sudden, they have seven people themselves on the COVID-19 list. It's not 21 or 22, whatever the Saints were. But it might be 22 by Sunday, right. unfortunately. So, 
how do how do you, how do you prepare in these circumstances? Can you prepare? Well, I think you can prepare all you want, uh, and the Eagles are trying, right? I mean, Nick Sirianni said that they're going to start separating their quarterbacks and and keeping them away from everybody. So that's you know you want to have your quarterback healthy, but you know look at your offensive line. Now you have Andre Dillard still on that list, and he's been on that list for over a week, but. Um, it's just crazy what's happened with the NFL and these tests that you mentioned that, uh, Ian, or who was it? Uh, whoever reported today that there were over 500. Tom Pelissero. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, last year I saw a stat where only about 260 plus players tested positive throughout the course of the season. Um, and now here we are over 500. So I'm not sure what you can do to prepare. I mean, it's just such an easily to transmit disease or, you know, this, uh, Omicron variant is so easy to transmit. I don't know if there is anything you really can do, but do your best and that separate the quarterbacks, do more things virtually. And that's what the Eagles are doing. Uh, but, you, and that's probably why you want to get into the playoffs. Now I know you have a little more flexibility in the playoffs with scheduling, but you don't know who's going to pop pop positive, you know, these next uh, few weeks here and into the playoffs. So if you get into the playoffs and guys start testing that, that sort of tilts the field a little bit. Um, but you're, the Eagles have been lucky. They, the four guys, they got on the COVID list on Monday. Two of them are concerned because they play the same position, Taron yeah. Jackson and Derek, uh, Derek. Barnett. Yeah. So yeah, I guess on one hand, it's good they test positive on a Monday. That gives them a little bit more room to come back for Sunday. It's the guys that test positive on Wednesday and Thursday that you're probably not going to have on Sunday. So at least Teron Jackson or Derek Barnett have a chance to return. But if they don't, you know, you're already so thin at that defensive end spot. Ryan Kerrigan, I know he hasn't given you anything, but he's a body you could throw out there. But he's on the COVID list. So you know, your defensive ends already thin. You're going to run Josh Sweat out there. Uh, you know, I guess Milton Williams Milton can play Williams out there. Yeah. Fletcher Cox played out there a little bit yeah. against the Giants, which I thought was really something they should have done with Fletcher years ago is play him more as a defensive end. Um, so you're going to really have to see some uh, defensive coaches, offensive coaches get more creative uh, with this COVID kind of uh, working its way through all these rosters. And we'll see what the Eagles do if they can't play those two guys, Barnett and, and Kerrigan and Teron Jackson. Guys, talked to a buddy last night who covers the league, and uh, he's a really good reporter, but he's also a cynic extraordinaire. And he theorized this with me, that there's a whole bunch, well, not a whole bunch of league, but enough teams in the league that actually want their players to go on the COVID list at this time. Because once you get on, you can get back relatively quickly if you have a negative test. And I know, by the way, you're not tested again for the yeah. rest of the year. And that's the Rogers loophole, what I was saying. Rogers tested positive, but there's 90 days. He doesn't get uh, have to get tested again. And that gets him through the playoffs. Right. It's, it's a legitimate uh strategy point i should say now if you show symptoms you have to self-report yourself to the team doctors and then they got to test you you've come up positive you come up positive again but my guy was suggesting yeah they're gonna get these guys positive they're gonna get them back in after just a uh, one negative test and then they're clear for the rest of the year so you better get it out of the way now have your uh, positive test get cleared and be cleared for the rest of the year rather than have it sometime during the playoffs 
And he said, you, do you think anybody's going to tell that they're positive if they got sniffles, if they got any kind of a react? No, no, I'm, fi- I'm fine, Doc. I'm fine, Doc. Nobody's going to self-report during the postseason. So we're going to have a bunch of guys. You think it's spread now? Wait till you get to the playoffs when a whole bunch of guys are not reporting themselves. Uh, they- there'll be even more spreading going on. We just won't know about it. Yeah. And maybe that's the answer right there. I mean, listen, this thing isn't as deadly, I don't think. Right. And no, that's what be, they say. Yeah. We're not doctors. Be, <laughs> I know. I mean, so maybe I you play know. one on, on streaming <laughs> Jacob media YouTube channel, but I am not a doctor, but I will say this to Jody's point. Yeah. That's great. If you're green Bay or Dallas or Kansas city, and you know, you're going to be in the playoffs. It's not great for New Orleans last night. It's not great for Washington a couple uh, on Tuesday. Uh, They had legitimate playoff hopes that have been completely, completely derailed uh, by COVID-19. And as Peter King said, I'm sorry, it's no fun. It is no fun. Look, I know Eagles fans want their team in the playoffs. It's probably going to happen, although some don't. Some, For some reason, they would rather have better draft picks. Um, I, I don't know. It's just no fun. Uh, am I wrong? Am I being a curmudgeon? How, how do you guys see that? Uh, well, I, what's no fun? I, I mean, I, I think. I think it's fun to have a playoff team. Sure. I mean, well, no, I meant I meant when you're rolling over teams like New Orleans. If you're Miami, New Orleans oh. is a playoff contender. Uh, Washington, from their perspective, you know, a win over a, a, a full strength Washington team, and just I'm not talking about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm, I'm I'm talking about the normal attrition of. Of NFL season where you have guys injured, they have to go to Taylor Heineke, uh, but you win that game and, and, it, and it becomes an accomplishment. It's not an accomplishment to beat Garrett Gilbert. You take it, you do it. It's not an accomplishment to beat Jake Fromm. Um, you take it, you do it, you say, uh, hey, thanks for the good fortune, and you move on. But I do think it's less fun to do it that way. Oh, I see. No, I, I think it's, you know, listen, uh, the COVID thing takes it to another level. Normally you just have the, you know, the attrition of injuries, you know, knees, ankles, uh, you know, shoulders, whatever yeah. the injury is, but this takes it to a whole nother level. But at the end of the day, to me, it's still football, right? You're still seeing a, a football game out there and uh, whatever team you choose for, if you're just a fan of football, I, I enjoy watching football no matter how it is. I hate to see these bowl games get canceled. I think they've canceled four of them, you know, just, yep. just give me a football game that I can have on whether I'm sitting there glued to it, or it's just kind of things I check in and out of from time to time to see how it's going. Watch, you know, watch a few minutes of it, but I, I just like to watch football. And so it's fun for me, no matter who's out there. Yeah. yeah I'm a curmudgeon because two times in yeah. a row, Ed, now I've turned off Dallas, Washington, because it was an embarrassment. Yeah. And I turned off last night. I said, well, this is ridiculous. I I, it, it, I would argue it's not football. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. We started the show with this. I don't know how to fix it if you're the NFL, but it's it's ugly. It, it is ugly. And it, yeah. to me, it's it's no fun. But obviously, I'm in the minority, as usual. And we're in the <laughs> moment, so I think we get uh, caught up in the fact that, yeah, they're beating bad quarterbacks and reduced teams because of COVID, and we've never had a season like this before. We've had injuries 
guys have been out again because of India. We've never had these COVID repercussions. I hope, crossing fingers, uh, that two years from now, five years from now, we got a much better grip on this. Nobody's going to look back and go, ah, the COVID year. Eagles beat up on all these teams and had all these guys who are out. It'll be forgotten. So I'm not going to let it bother me in the moment either because I sure as heck know it's not going to bother me down the road that the Eagles won against teams that were uh, more taken apart because of a virus. Uh, And here's my question for this upcoming week against Washington. Forget about COVID. Are they going to be able to field the team or are they going to fight all the way up until kickoff after what happened the other night? Did you, if that punch had landed on Sunday night football, if Jonathan Allen had landed that punch and laid his teammate out, I think Washington is uh, basically a dead team walking. Do you think that Ron Rivera can get him to a competitive level against Eagles on Sunday? I do. I absolutely do. Um, you know, I'll play the devil's advocate. I'm, listen, I don't think Washington's very good. The Eagles should win this game. But it's a concern to me that there are a bunch of professional football players who just got their heads handed to them in Dallas. Uh, I would expect them to have a better effort uh, against the Eagles, knowing the Eagles just beat them 12 days earlier, 13 days earlier, uh, in a game that was competitive uh, throughout you know, three quarters, three and a half quarters. And they would probably love to spoil any hope that the Philadelphia Eagles have of making the playoffs. So I, I see a team of professionals that are probably going to be a little bit more galvanized by what happened in Dallas, whether or not they're talented enough to win this game remains to be seen, but I think it's going to be a very close game for the Eagles. I don't think they're going to roll over Washington like Dallas did. I think you're going to see Ron Rivera is a good head coach. I think, um, I think he'll have his guys maybe a little bit more bonded because of what happened in Dallas. That's going to be my approach. Uh, to this game is I think Washington's going to play them close and they're going to play them tough. It's in their building. Um, and they would probably like nothing more than to spoil anything that the Eagles are looking forward to postseason wise. All right. Last one from me, Ed, involves uh, the NFL's change in hiring policies. Black Monday is uh, creeping up on us typically in the NFL. Uh, but now you can interview. Uh, they they tweet the rule uh, in the final two weeks of the regular season. You can interview assistants from other teams if you've already moved on from your coach. So that would be Jacksonville and Las Vegas. Or you can also inform your lame duck coach. I'm looking at you, Chicago, uh, that you're going to move on. And if you do that, you can start interviewing guys and get a bit of a head start. NFL re, uh, media uh, threw out a little bit of list, six guys, and I think this will surprise uh, many Eagles fans. One of the names on that list, even though it shouldn't surprise them because we were talking about it, we have been talking about it, is Jonathan Gannon. Um would Eagles fans be happy if Jonathan Gannon was one and done? Uh, do they just want to move on to a different philosophy? Uh, or would that be a significant hindrance to this organization? Well, I, I think Eagles fans wanted Gannon out during the uh, first eight games of this season. Uh, I don't think they've really changed their tune any. Um, 
I, I think they would be happy to see Jonathan Gannon leave. <laughs> uh, but uh, I listen, I, I think it, it's probably premature to be talking about Jonathan Gannon as a head coaching candidate. I know NFL media mentioned it, but, uh, and I know he was a hot assistant coach hire in the off season. A lot of teams wanted him to come on board and be their DC. The Eagles got him. Um, but uh, listen, I, I'm not sure I've seen enough body of work from Jonathan Gannon to say, yeah, take over my team. I, you know, I think Doug Peterson will be head, a head coach in this league next year with one of these teams. I really do. I think a team will take a Super Bowl winning head coach that's on the market. Um, but Jonathan Gannon, I'm not so sure that he would be ready to take that job. I mean, I know he's done a decent job with the defense over the last eight games. Like you mentioned, the PR staff tweets out all these great numbers that the Eagles defense has compiled these last eight weeks or whatever, seven seven weeks but I just I, I'm, I wouldn't be confident myself in turning my organization over to Jonathan Gannon just yet I mean I would let him kind of sit and try to you know coach as a DC for a year or two see how they do next year and then reevaluate him but stranger things have happened I don't know what other organizations are looking for uh, to me I don't think he's ready and I don't think Eagles fans would be very sad to see him go uh, I know Nick Sirianni might be sad to see him go but there are some other defensive coordinators they could bring in out there should Gannon get hired, uh, and that would be interesting to, to cover that job search. But I don't think Gannon's going to go anywhere. I really don't. All right, let's wrap up on this one, Ed, and I'm going to hold your feet to the fire and test your reporting chops. Let's say you go out for coffee this afternoon and you go into a Starbucks and you just happen to recognize, because he's a very recognizable guy, Gardner Minshew. But he's standing next to another tall and somewhat skinny guy. And you're not 100% sure. So you go to your phone and you go under the Eagles roster and you do figure out that it's Reed Stanette that Gardner Minshew is having coffee with in the <laughs> Starbucks in your neighborhood. Are you reporting on the two players? Because the quarterbacks are supposed to be separated. I couldn't pick Reed Stanette out of a police lineup, but you might be able to. We can all pick Gardner Minshew out. That's not a problem. But will you report? if the Eagle quarterbacks are co-mingling with the degrees they're going to keep them separated. Of course I would, but I, you know, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, but I would go up and talk to them. I would go up and say, you know, I'd introduce myself. I don't know if they know me because we're not in the locker room. I, you know, we talked to Gardner Minshew live once and that was after the, uh, uh, the Jets game. I, I wouldn't know Reed Sinet from, you know, from a Tom Cruise. Well, I, know, I would know Tom Cruise, but uh, I wouldn't recognize Reed Sinet, but I would go up and say, hey, Ed Kratz, blah, blah, blah. What are you guys doing here? What's going on? You know, and, and see what they say. And, yeah, I would report on it, and I would even probably tell them, hey, I, you know, I got to do my job here, and I, I'm going to put this out there. You guys are sitting here in Starbucks yeah. in my backyard, uh, you know, for better or worse, but I just wanted to get your take on why you're here, this and that. So, yeah, I would I would love that if that happened, to be honest with you, I would. I, I think, I think there's a better chance that Reed would recognize Ed Kratz than the, than the other way around. We know Jonathan Gannon can recognize John McMullen, but we're not sure about Reed's the net with any of us. So well, we'll right. hopefully have a chance to find that out someday. Eddie Kratz, uh, love the green. Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, you know, you'll be up again next week and feel free to wear whatever the hell you want. Maybe I'll wear my Giants blue or, or my Chiefs red. You know, I don't know. Don't wear Cowboys blue. You'll get yeah. you'll get you'll get an earful. Yeah, there. I'll put some stars on my my yeah. uh, forehead here. Very yeah. prominent.
I'll give you one thing you won't be wearing next week, which is burgundy, because the Eagles are just going to crush the Washington football team. Your concern over that game is ill-founded. The, okay. the Eagles are going to win handily. All right, not as much as the Cowboys. Yes, I will predict the Eagles win by less than 42 points, but they are going to win easily against okay. Washington. All and, right, uh, good. I, I'm a little more concerned about this game than maybe some others are. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, always a pleasure. Thanks for hopping on with Thanks, us, folks. Ed Kratz is here with us on Birds 365. Uh, he's got – all right, before we go to break, we got to take a break here. On a scale of 0 to 10, 0 being I already cashed the check, 10 being I'm petrified and shaking in my shoes, how concerned are you with the Washington football team that they can upset the Eagles on Sunday? I'm at a, I'm at a 4. I'm at a 4. I'm like um, a point four. I think yeah. the Eagles. No, I, I I think even though Taylor Heineke was atrocious in uh, Dallas, he's at least an NFL player. I think he's proven that he's probably not going to have two games like that in a row. Ed mentioned the divisional aspect. They got much more players back. Brandon Sheriff's going to be back. Um, you know, their best offensive lineman. Uh, they're going to be healthier from a COVID perspective. I think, again, we don't know. You don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of days. But right now, they look far healthier. Um, And then, you know, two times in 12 days on the road, that's always a little bit more difficult. It's all its sort of that kind of normal NFL thinking stuff. If you look at the Washington football team, though, they look like a dumpster fire. They look like they've given up on the season. You mentioned Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. And then from the Eagles' perspective, the one thing that concerns me that we talked about a little bit with that is is the running back situation. You need somebody. Miles Sanders isn't going to play. I don't know about Jordan Howard. We'll see as the week goes on. Boston Scott, people don't realize, is dealing with a knee injury. Uh, I don't think Kenny Gainwell's ready to be a, a bell cow back. Somebody can carry the football a lot. He can help you in the passing game. Um and then you're talking about Jason Huntley on, on the practice squad. And he's another Gainwell type, really not more of a situational guy. Um, so I'm a little concerned about the running back situation as well. Kenny Gainwell breakout game. Remember you heard it here first this Sunday. I'm afraid with two fumbles, team. Kenny Gainwell, if he touches it 20 times, he's going to put it on the ground. Maybe but you can pick it back up and take it in for a touchdown. Uh, very much got the Eagle glasses on this morning. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your birds 365. We still got plenty to break down. An hour to go. Stay right here. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You... 
could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hour number two coming your way here on Birch 365. As we lead up to a week 16, uh, week 17, excuse me, in the week NFL. 17. Game. Should be the end, Jody. Should be the end. 
should be the end of the season, correct? But we have uh, by weeks we have an extra game added. Yeah, it's a little different than what we grew up with uh, as football fans. If you are of a certain age, uh, JM, I do want to put this out there, and yes, I'm sounding a little bit like an eagle wonk this morning that I think they're just going to absolutely walk past Washington on Sunday, and I think what needs to happen elsewhere will happen which is going to get the Eagles into the playoffs as of, I guess you got to wait till Sunday night, right? Vikings Sunday night, yeah. Our Vikings and Packers are the Sunday night game, so it's not going to be uh, by the time the Eagles win. Um, I've seen a couple of uh, your pal Eagle beat reporters uh, throw this number st- slash that out there. Total net points that the Philadelphia Eagles right now have a better total net points number than the Green Bay Packers, who, of course, the number that one team is correct. in yeah. the NFC, which the facts are the facts. The fact is that is an accurate statement. But the way that it's being stated makes it seem like that that would put the Eagles on a par and or ahead of the Green Bay Packers. No, I'll give you a stat that's kind of more important than net points. Victories. And the Packers have 12 of them. The Eagles have eight. That's a significant difference when you're playing a 17-game season. So I I think that's being woefully overemphasized and overstated. And if you really want to clink that, no, no, no. Point differential is the most determinant factor. Well, I got bad news for you. You got the Cowboys next week, who are significantly better than the Eagles in point differential. And you could have the Cowboys the week after that which is only going to add to the total. So do me a favor. They drop the whole point differential thing. It's a nice mm-hmm. little stat. It looks good on paper. It does not indicate or dictate what the Eagles are going to do from here on out. Well, you're right. Uh, but I will say this, Jody, and that's where context. You mentioned, and by the way, you're 100% correct. Five years from now, when I was talking about this season, and nobody's going to remember if the Eagles make the playoffs. So it was because of, of, of of quarterbacks like Garrett Gilbert and Jake Fromm. Nobody's going to remember it. You're 100% right. Just like nobody remembers uh, Jalen Hurts' interception against, uh, you know, when it comes up Dallas Goddard's heel, we talked about that at the time. Nobody's going to remember that. They're going to say, right. interception, Jalen Hurts. And nobody remembers the context, but it's meaningful. It's meaningful. And the Eagles have beaten up on some really bad football teams. And I just gave you the list um, when we're talking to Ed Kratz about their wins since this started. And really, if you go back to the beginning of the season, we have eight wins and you try to figure out, okay, what's the best win on this football team? You you said at Denver. Denver. Eh, yeah. Maybe from a quarterback perspective, although I, I would still argue it's week one. Um, and there you had Arthur Smith, Matt, Matt Ryan to me is still better than Teddy Bridgewater, but, um, Arthur Smith was obviously not ready to go as a rookie head coach. And even you put that context, but they've turned out to be a better team, at least than they looked and not a great team by any stretch, but better than they looked in week one. And then you look at the other early season win, which was the Carolina Panthers, and they look better at that particular time. They've turned out to be an awful team. Um, 
but that was a that was an ugly game in the context of the loss. I mean, they were terrible for the majority of that game. They needed the block punt. They needed a big defensive play. And then Jalen Hurts was able to make – that was probably his worst game of the season other than the Giants Thank game you, that they right. lost. Um, not a lot of – you know, if you want to look at it that way, not a lot of resume-building wins for this particular football team. You know, what context do you want to use? Because they're both, uh, when you stand alone, one looks good, point differential. One looks bad. Not one signature statement win. You know, which one, which column you want to go with? It's a little bit of both. And there's a distinct possibility. And again, this is just my speculation and who the hell knows although i've actually been doing pretty good picking these games both the eagles and just against the spread uh, across the board in the national football league i said this last night uh, i make the picks because i've been doing it for 30 plus years can i look here on the birds 365 i have to look into a camera uh, on the radio i gotta look into my microphone can i do so with a uh, a, a straight face and go oh i know better than anybody else I know Diddley, because I don't know who's playing. You make these picks 24 hours in advance. Oh, here comes the COVID list. There goes half the team. Can't play for them. So how do you how the hell do you know what's going on or what's going to happen? But undaunted, we give our opinion ahead of time before it ever happens. I don't think they're getting a signature win between now and the end of the year. Beating Washington this week with Taylor Heineke, to me, is not considered a signature win. And yes, I think the Cowboys next week are going to be in a position where it would be disadvantageous to play their best players. Top of that list, of course, being Dak Prescott, their quarterback. I think you're going up against Cooper Rush. So they're not going to get a signature win in that one either. So they're going to go into the playoffs. Go, Let me repeat that. Going to go into the playoffs without a signature win all season. Does that matter once you get into the playoffs? Doesn't to me, shouldn't to the Eagles. Maybe it means something to somebody, but if you're in the playoffs, I don't care whether you had a signature win or not during the season. Oh, I agree. That's, you know, it's not your fault uh, how the schedule uh, broke out. And all you can do is uh, play who's put in front of you. And, you know, you take advantage of the situation uh, you know, you mentioned Cooper Rush. All right, Cooper Rush played once uh, this year. Who who the heck did he play against? Uh, he won the game. Um, um, I'll think of it in a second. I got to look at. I got to look it up. Yeah, but that particular, remember. but that particular team, team didn't take advantage of a situation that they had. Um, you look at teams losing. Uh, to the Detroit Lions, for instance. The Eagles were able to route. That's what Ed Kratz, I thought it was an interesting take on the best win because it was so emphatic. Uh, obviously, they're supposed to beat a winless team, but it wasn't like 30 to 27. They just destroyed that team. And they ended up winning, uh, beating at the time, the best team in the NFL, Arizona, from a record standpoint. Uh, so, and, and, and he's right about Justin Tucker with the 60 NFL record, 66 yard field goal. Uh, he needed to beat Detroit. So, 
you can only you can only take advantage of what's put in front of you. And the Eagles certainly did that with uh, over this past week with Garrett Gilbert and Jake Fromm and Mike Glennon. And they're probably going to do it again next week. And they're probably going to make the playoffs. And you're right. Then you roll the dice. And if you get waxed by whomever, uh, maybe it's Dallas, maybe it's Tampa Bay, uh, or maybe, you know, it's on that any given Sunday and you Miles Sanders is miraculously bought back and you Jalen Hurts is healthy and you run for 230 yards and you get an upset. Roll the dice, man. If there's any year to roll the dice, this is the year. This is the year. So Agreed. just get in by hook or by crook and roll those dice. And then see if they come up uh, seven or, or craps on you. Um, thanks to Matt on uh, the stream who correctly pointed out Cooper Rush beat the Vikings this year. Yeah, another uh, team looking for the playoffs. And guess what? If they beat Cooper Rush, they'd probably be in the playoffs. They didn't take advantage of it. Much better chance if they had won that game. Uh, speaking of the Vikings... Let me run this one by you. You mentioned earlier when we had Ed on um, NFL media through Jonathan Gannon's name out there as a uh, coordinator who may be considered when the coaching carousel starts to spin, which is officially as of today because of the new rules in the NFL that you can talk, ask permission to talk to coaches who are on other teams uh, for potential openings that you would have for head coaches. Uh, I'm not sure if Gannon is going to be a major player, but I think he'll get an interview, which will be good for him uh, because eventually someday he does want to get a head coaching job. If he does get that interview and if the other team is considering hiring and if they decide, you know, Jonathan, you're our guy. We want to make you the next head coach of Team X. Would Jonathan Gannon reach out and offer his defensive coordinator position to his old buddy Mike Zimmer, who may very well be getting his walking papers in Minnesota because he couldn't beat Cooper Rush and get the Vikings into the playoffs for weeks? You and I talked about when the Eagles put their staff together. Where's the veteran guy? Where's the, the, the knowledgeable old hand to guide the youth that the Eagles have on their coaching staff? Well, they've actually done okay without that guy being on the staff this year. But if Jonathan Gannon thinks along those lines, would he bring his old mentor uh, Zim in? Would Zim even consider being a coordinator at this stage of his career? I don't think so. For one major reason, he might go back to being a defensive coordinator. He probably should, to be honest. That's probably where he, that should be his wheelhouse. But he's he certainly got enough to where – same reason Jonathan Gannon didn't go um, to the Chargers with Brandon Staley, who's, you know, one of his best friends. He was in his wedding. They've known each other forever. He would have taken that job, but Brandon Staley's a defensive coach. So he wanted to go somewhere where he ran the defense because he's a defensive guy. And he got that opportunity in Philadelphia. He would have had it in other places as well. But um, same thing with Zimmer. He can get a defensive coordinator job where he's in charge and it's his sort of, and obviously an offensive head coach. Um, that's the reason I don't think it would be a match. Um, and it just doesn't, you know, Zimmer's got too much uh, money in the bank, so to speak. He'll be able to get any job he wants. And then there's the ego part of it as well. Um, where he taking a step back, but it's interesting because I agree 
that's where I would say Jonathan Gannon, if he had an opportunity, uh, and I don't know, uh, would be Minnesota because they know him in the past. They like him. Um, he runs a similar scheme. Uh, he's the young, energetic guy uh, who people will listen to. That's been the big issue with Mike Zimmer. People have just tuned him out. We talk about shelf life all the time. Uh, that to me would be an interesting um, fit. Uh, but I do think Ed is right. It's probably a little bit too early. And one thing I would criticize that NFL list about, and they put out, I think, six players, and I don't have it in front of me, Jody, but I, I think there were four defensive guys on there of the six. That's not what this league is looking for. There's no stinking way. Uh, it's going to be defensive guys. They're up against it to begin with. Everybody wants an offensive guy. And it's rare um, when defensive guys get the chance, certainly not four of six. Everybody's looking for the offensive guy. Then maybe a, a defensive coordinator can come in and knock people's socks off, sort of like Nick Sirianni did with Jeffrey Lurie. He was an outlier. He was not ready. He was um, not on, on the forefront in fact jonathan's ahead of where he was last year to be honest um but you know what he got into the room with the only guy that matters and he won him over and that's how these things tend to happen all right one more quickie before we get a timeout in here and i'm going to take it out down but it's an ongoing situation that still concerns the philadelphia eagles because a first round draft pick is tied to it um, remember, it doesn't seem all that long ago, John, that we were talking about the Eagles and their three first round draft picks. <laughs> and one looked like it could be top five. One looked like it could be top 10. All right. One is probably going to be somewhere in the teens. How about all three teams are going to make the playoffs as of right now? Miami wins last night. So they're in the playoffs in the AFC Eagles move into the seventh spot. So they're in the playoffs in the NFC. Go back over to the AFC Colts are uh, not even at the bottom. They're in the wild card round, but a little higher up than the Dolphins right now. So those picks are not as high as we thought they were going to be. Three first rounders is three first rounders, but they're all in the teens as of right now, which is uh, means you're not going to be teens. getting top Well, I, I'm just pulling it up, Jody. So right now, as we speak today, Nin Miami would be 19. Right. Philadelphia would be 20. Uh, Indianapolis would be 23. Uh, so the Eagles would have the 19th pick, the 20th pick, the 23rd pick. And that could depend. That could even get worse because they're all playoff teams if they start moving forward. Um, yeah. Uh, and by the way, I'll tell you what, it's still a good trade. There's no way to frame it. But Jalen Waddle's pretty stinking good. Agreed. And I thought uh, Devontae Smith would come in and be the better of the two quarter, uh, wide receivers in year number one. Uh, and he hasn't been. Waddle has had a phenomenal year. He's got a chance to break the all-time uh, rookie uh, number of catches record uh, for the Dolphins. And, yeah, Tua, Tua likes to throw to him. Tua looks to him a lot and made a couple of really nice throws last night. Um, the question I was going to ask you had to do with the Colts. The pat This past game when the Colts uh, got a win that they much needed, uh, the other team did a pretty good job of shutting down Jonathan Taylor, who's having – an MVP-type season, uh, Salem, New Jersey's own Jonathan Taylor. 
Um, got one big run for 42 yards, I think it was, in the first half. But they really did shut him down in the second half. And Carson Wentz had to come up big for the Colts. And he did. He made a couple of plays, a couple of touchdown passes. Carson Wentz right now is in the top half of the quarterback rankings in the NFL. He's in the teens. He's not top five or top ten. He's somewhere in the teens of quarterback rating. He's not putting up massive numbers the same way other quarterbacks are, but other teams don't have Jonathan Taylor. To this point, I think you're going to have to say that Carson Wentz has had a pretty good year for the Indianapolis Colts. You and I agree it was a move the Eagles had to make, and they got enough quality in return that justifies making the trade. But would you categorize Carson Wentz's year as good, very good, surprisingly good, shockingly good? It's not really that good. Come on, Jody, you're overstating it. How would you describe the year Carson Wentz has had? I think he's been um, solid. Um, I think, you know, one thing, he's only cemented the fact that he's not going to be uh, the 2017 Carson Wentz to me ever again. So I I wouldn't be concerned about him if I'm an Eagles fan. So obviously, they got the first-round pick. That's his, That would be the best-case scenario for the Eagles. And he's he's an NFL starting quarterback. I would say bottom – he's not in the top half. I would say he's in that 16 uh, to 20 range. Um, and that's a disappointment from where he was. I mean, he was – I think part of it has to do with injuries. The main part of it, he hasn't been the same since the the ACL and the LCL. Um, I I always thought his when he was here and playing at a, at 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 the MVP level. I think that's one sort of scenario. And then when he was playing well, when he came back in 2018, certainly 2019 at times. I thought his upside at that point was he was right on the cusp of being a top 10 guy, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15. And then if he had a big season, he'd probably get up to seven or eight. That was sort of where he was. And then he fell off a cliff. And and now I think he's a, he's an NFL starting quarterback, but he's not one. You always want, he's the kind of starting quarterback that you're always looking for the next starting quarterback. You want to improve on on what you have all right uh if the eagles win this week jm it'll mark their fourth consecutive victory the last time the eagles won four games in a row was when Whew. i you probably have it i don't have it yeah I don't. everything runs together for me jody well, that, Certainly there's, not there's a reason why i specifically uh, that, the, the, the nfc the last time they made the playoffs they ran the table in the the nfc east right 2019, 2019, led by yeah. Carson Wentz, yeah. won their last four games to qualify for the playoffs. And then, of Carson, of course, Carson takes the hit that had very early in that Seattle playoff game. And it kind of went downhill after that. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, and that was, I, boy, the bottom of the NFC East has been bad for a long time now. It is in every year because, you know, the NFL made this shift years ago where you have these divisional games late in the season um it's been really really good for the eagles uh it really has they've been able to take advantage of other teams being worse than them in the nfc east 
Last year was the AFC least. I'm sorry. Even Washington won the division uh, factor in as a least for me. It's not quite the NFC least this year. It's just the NFC woefully mediocre is what I would call the division this season. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Thanks for tuning in to Birds 365. If you're enjoying it, then hit that like button. Feel free to share, like, and subscribe to us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Coming back with more Birds 365 next. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Magamac guys on your verge 365 early a.m. gathering to talk Philadelphia Eagles football who are now in a driver's seat position to make the playoffs they know if they win out they're guaranteed to get in 
it's a good chance that they could be in as of this Sunday if a couple other games go very figurable ways. Vikings losing to the Packers, uh, the Saints losing to the Panthers, or the 49ers winning against Houston. Uh, you need the Vikings loss. That's a, uh, a must-have. But either of the other two get the Eagles into the postseason if they beat Washington this week. So that's an advantageous position. In a season, John McMullen, that was supposed to be a transitional year, uh, not only did Jeff Laurie use that phrase when he described the Eagles uh, during this past offseason, maybe even more telling to me was the fact that he said, that's probably the main reason why Doug Peterson is no longer the coach. That Doug had a vision. Doug had a plan. He wanted to win games, Jody. Doug had this <laughs> out of left field, off the wall stance yeah. that he actually wanted to win games in 2022. And that wasn't matching up with the yeah. Eagles' vision of the future was. So is uh, Nick Sirianni actually putting his job in jeopardy here? Because he's winning games. Yeah. He could make the playoffs, John McMullen. I said at the time it was one of the all-time Jeffrey Laurie dumb statements. Um, and I'm proud to say it's it's come out that way. He, had, had, he somehow hired a coach who magically wants to win games, Jody. Um, yeah, I mean, it was silly when he said it. It continues to be silly today. Um, and, you know, people forget about it. That's the beautiful thing. As you mentioned, we'll go back to that again. What you mentioned, people forget the context and they forget and they just say, oh, that's a good hire. Um, and, you know, it's understandable. Uh, but, you know, I'll say this, you know, the Eagles are probably going to make the playoffs. It, you know, it, 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 it looks very good right now. The one concern you should have with that is, and you've seen this in the past, they were at a different stage coming off a Super Bowl, then making the run, making the three consecutive playoff first. But it was clear they weren't a real Super Bowl contender. Um, and the Eagles kept acting like they were a real Super Bowl contender and were making decisions like they were a real Super Bowl contender, which contributed to the drop-off um, last, last season. The last thing you want to do this time around is overvalue the playoff positioning because of all the context we added into this show. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to personnel, and you can't let the, let the decision-making be affected by wins over Jake Fromm and Garrett Gilbert. That, to me, is legitimate sort of fool's gold. And you, I don't think Howie Roseman's going to get caught in it. But you got to be careful of that stuff. You really do. I, I think your point is, is dead on, but I'm going to make you go a leap, even a little bit further. Uh, when you started to paint the picture you were painting, it made me think more of the Phillies than the Eagles. Because the Phillies clung yeah. to that championship for way too many years. Our buddy Ruben Amaro thought that he still had an open window. He didn't realize it had been slammed shut in his face. And he just kept trying to add pieces, add pieces, add pieces. And then they paid a price for it further down the road. I think you're right. Last year, Howie was still of the mindset that we could win this whole thing. And, yeah, they didn't. And they 
were pushed backwards even further than they needed to be. If your read is correct, which I think very well is, who are the guys the Eagles would be looking to move off a year earlier rather than a year too late? Give me a name or two of guys who are on this roster still doing good things for the Eagles that old man time is getting very close to pushing them backwards. Do you think the Eagles have to be very wary of and uh, maybe maybe get a new younger player in that position going forward? Before well, I think the two most difficult, and, and I'm not putting Brandon Brooks in this discussion because it's pretty obvious that, uh, you know, there's some issues there. So I, I think, you know, you're probably not going to see Brandon Brooks uh, again as a build-up eagle, but he hasn't played this year. So I think the most two, essentially, obviously got hurt very early. Um, two uh, most difficult decisions are Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Those are the two most difficult decisions because they're both still good players. Um but you mentioned that that phrase, and you probably got it from your dad very early on. And you know, it's better to give up on a player a year early than a year late. It's what made the Patriots great for so many years. At the time, you take a lot of hits, by the way, because you know there are certain players. But you know, sort of, if you do this thing right, you know that demarcation line of all right, we might be okay with this player we're certainly better with this player but by the time we're ready to really strike they're going to be declining and they're not going to be effective and that's very difficult thing to do and i think those two players are the most difficult decisions because they're not going to be get better players next year than Fletcher cox playing defensive tackle and brandon graham playing edge rusher but they can start the process with those three first round picks um and, you know, the goal is to hit the apex with everything coming together, and that's when you win the Super Bowl. Uh, and those are really, really difficult decisions. But um, I wouldn't think they would move on from both, certainly. So a lot of it is, you know, who can you get? Um, as we mentioned with the draft picks, 19, 20, 23, if somebody wins in the wild card round, that's going to go down even further. Uh, maybe a couple go up, who knows, maybe um, Miami falls apart, doesn't make the playoffs and it goes a little bit higher, but maybe the Eagles fall apart. It goes a little bit higher, unlikely to happen, but you never know. So a lot of it depends on who you can get in the draft. And obviously if you get an edge rusher specifically, you would be more willing to move on from Brandon Graham at his age and coming off the injury and things like that. But those are very, very difficult decisions. Fair enough. And I think he gave up two good names. I'd throw Rodney McLeod, maybe just because he had a very good week this past week. Rodney's had a mediocre season. Well, I, I'm, I'm at Rodney. This is this is it for Rodney. So I'm already at that point. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna move on from Rodney. no no chance that Rodney gets kept up. No, I don't okay. I don't think. But that um, one's easier for me. That one nothing against Rodney. He's not that level of player to begin with as Fletcher or Brandon, it, it is an age thing, an injury thing, and it's time to turn that sort of thing over. I think that's more natural for them than anything else. Which will Howie Roseman take more grief for if he moves off? 
Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham. And Fletcher's having a really good second half of the season here. Didn't make a Pro Bowl, which you thought he had a chance on reputation only. That didn't happen, but uh, he continues to uh, be more productive on a week-in, week-out basis. So give uh, Fletcher that much credit and analyze him at the end of this season through that lens. You got nothing out of Brandon Graham this year. But you also saw that without Brandon Graham, your defensive ends were not as good as you thought they were going to be. He's even older than Fletcher Cox. Which one would uh, Howie take more grief from? If he moved away from either or or both, which one would he hear it more from the Eagle fans? Um, probably Brandon because he's so well-liked, um, you know, um, and his personality. Everybody just loves Brandon. Um, and I think people were – there were a lot of people incorrectly, by the way, uh, ready to move on from Fletcher Cox – at the trade deadline and saying, just get away from him. He's not the player he once was because they're only looking at sacks. And by the way, Fletcher won it out as well. So that was part of it and, and all of it uh, sort of encompassing. Whoa, so whoa, I think, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I got to interrupt there. Fletcher wanted out as well? Yeah, he was not happy with this. He, he was honest. He was not happy with this scheme. He liked playing in Jim Schwartz's scheme. Uh, and he was allowed to do what he wanted to do. And um, Jonathan was asking him to do some different things. He was, he was, he was very honest in, in a public fashion. Not, didn't like that four eye technique. Didn't like the five technique. Now in the second half, things are starting to come together and he's much happier, but at the trade deadline, Fletcher was fine with the Eagles moving him. Um, and then the decision was made that, wasn't going to work, um, weren't going to be able to get what they wanted. And the two sides came together and said, all right, let's do the best we can. Um, and the assumption was that he would be here next year. And by next year, I mean 2022. And that's probably going to to be the case. Um, sort of a gentleman's agreement at the trade deadline. Uh, but that can always change. I think from a fan base perspective, what we're talking about, I think they were okay with moving on from Fletcher Cox, which again, I think is incorrect. It just took a while for him to get used to the new scheme. And now that he's having success, I think he's fine with it. It's maybe just the way you said it, because it kind of jumped out at me, uh, almost made it sound like Fletcher was requesting a trade. Uh, I know he didn't. No, he was more more of he was fine with a he trade. Was, he was agreeable to a trade yes. if it had come down. Uh, yes. Yeah, that I understand. Uh, but I, I didn't think he was actually uh, maneuvering to get himself out of town this year. And if he did or was, and the Eagles didn't get the job done on trading him, it's a good thing they didn't because he has played dynamite for them the last several weeks. And he is one of the reasons why this team is heading toward the postseason. Uh, what is the relationship between Fletcher and Gannon? You mentioned the system didn't seem to accentuate Fletcher's skills. Now, all of a sudden, it does. Uh, how do they get along as uh, coach slash star defensive player? I think it's fine now. I think, you know, one of the things, and I was kind of impressed with, with Jonathan, and by the way, I criticized him as well. I thought, you know, the easiest way to uh, go into a new situation is get your star players on board. Uh, and I don't think he did that. 
with with Fletcher uh, particularly, and a little bit to Darius Slay as well. Um, and now they both love him because they're both having Slay's having his best year ever, um, and he's had some good years. This is his uh, fourth Pro Bowl season, and now, as I said, it took a little bit longer. Uh, for Fletcher, but now that he is seeing some of that success, I mean, it's hard. You know, I brought up with Ed Kratz, uh, the Eagles send out. So here's where we are. With the, I don't think people realize this. I, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Here's where we are with the Eagles defense, Jody. Number five overall. Five. Third in yards per play, which ninth is, in rush yards. Right, game. Uh, just so the audience understands, I think most of them do, but there might be some that don't. When you say they're fifth ranked overall, that's yards per game. That's yes. the metric yards that he used, uh, which I think is a good one. But uh, personally, I think points allowed per game is more accurate in telling what a defense was. Now you got to do a little homework. You got to take. Yeah, you got to uh, take out uh, defensive scoring, correct. which the Eagles have done. But, I mean, they're top 10 in basically everything. Um, so uh, that's five. They're ninth in rushing defense. They're ninth in passing defense. If you want it, they're fourth in yards per rush given up. Third in yards per play overall given up. Uh, sixth in yards per attempt. Fourth in three and outs. Second in defensive uh, touchdowns. Third in fewest explosive plays. I mean – Third, they should be first because that Jonathan uh, Gannon's mandate, never give up a big play. Still pretty good, though. Third's not bad. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, again, I'll be the first one to add the context of the, the, what I ran down in this show. A lot of it was playing against uh, bad opponents and bad quarterbacks and all that. But, this is the sample size of the NFL, Jody. And every other team has had some of those. You just saw Miami take advantage of the situation. Okay, but they're number five in their top ten in every single meaningful defensive category. I, I you know, what, what do people want? One, they, one they, across the board. They want, they want Jim Johnson back. Yes. You know what they want. They want Buddy Ryan back. Yes. Jonathan well, Gannon is neither of those old school defensive guys. So, therefore, he's not going to hit home with a uh, large chunk and, of the Eagles. And they'll family. love it, by the way, when you get the Buddy Ryan mentality and you get 15 yards, 15 yards, 15 yards, 15 yards of uh, personal fouls. And it's a different game. People get over it. It's a different game. You got to play the rules as they are today. And again, you can go back to Jim Johnson, Buddy Ryan, anybody. How many seasons are they going to have where they're top five or top 10 in that many categories? Not a lot. Not a lot. That is pretty impressive. And I think it's only going to get better because I don't think the Washington football team is going to do much offensively against this Eagles team either. Uh, I know Taylor Heineke is better than the quarterbacks the Eagles have faced the last two weeks, but he was awful against the Cowboys this yeah. past week. I don't, I don't know if he just didn't get enough reps because he was on the COVID and he couldn't practice. But uh, I've said all along, I think he's a viable NFL quarterback. 
Or he didn't look that way to me. He looked anything but viable against the Cowboys. Now, will the week uh, back in football and getting snaps and maybe getting a little bit healthier again? I don't know what level the, the COVID virus hit him. Just know he was in the protocols. He didn't look like a quarterback that could beat the Eagles uh, for the way he played last week no. against Dallas. You know, the one and Kyle Allen obviously had to come in. Um, yeah, but I mean, they're both better than Garrett Gilbert. Um, that's about, you know, if you're looking at it from a Washington perspective, you're better off. Uh, but, yeah, he played poorly. If, if you know, he's probably not going to play that poorly in two consecutive games. Uh, so if you want to play the odds, you know, that's against the Eagles. But I just think that team's dead in the water. I think they're dead in the water. I think. They had an opportunity. That was a playoff game. That Tuesday night game here was a playoff game. And the, we, we talked about it at the time, the predictive sites and all that. Um, the team that won it would be in a good position, and the team that lost it was essentially dead in the water. Washington knows that they're dead in the water. And I agree with that, and that's why I was surprised when we had Ed Kretz on. He said, Oh, I expect a stout effort from the Washington football team this well, week. Well, I think he's going the rival NFC East. And sometimes, you know, they do. You do get up, you know, the Giants uh, get up more for the Eagles, even though they lose double digits every single season, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But when you're bad, you're bad. And there's usually a point in a season where teams that aren't going to the playoffs – pull the plug, so to speak, from a human nature standpoint. And I think they've reached that point. It's not that they're a bad football team. They've realized the the war is lost. And there's just a, a natural slumping of the shoulders, so to speak. And woe is me. And I think Washington is at that point. As do I, uh, the division. And I get it uh, that we've seen too many examples of it just to dismiss it. But I think just for my own edification, it's overstated. The ooh, it's an and you can't treat any NFC East game like any other game. It's <laughs> different. Well, we saw two NFC East games last week. Okay, the Eagles completely snuffed the woebegone New York Giants in the second half of their game, and the Dallas Cowboys just completely destroyed the Washington Football Game. So those two bitter rivals. Going to be right down to the last. No, neither one of them were anywhere near the last play. And again, they're both blowout victories. So I think that can play forward with this week as well. I think the Eagles are just going to beat the snot out of the Washington football team. Uh, while the Eagles are in the midst of this playoff push, the evaluation of Jalen Hurts continues to go on. I said this yesterday. I'll say it uh, probably tomorrow and day after, and then we'll get another game to evaluate this week. The Jalen Hurts detractors seem to me to just have a higher volume to them than the Jalen Hurts defenders. Uh, he, had a, he ended up having a good game on Sunday. It was a B game. He had a quarterback rating of over 100. He made plays in the second half to lift the Eagles to victory. Yeah, he stunk in the first half. Yeah, he put the ball on the ground and could have had a pick that was lucky that got overturned by a uh, video review, he did not play well. But when you look at the big picture over the course of the 60 minutes, he had another winning game for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
How do we judge what he does against the Washington football team? A couple days in advance, John, which we'll certainly have a better grasp of how we should look at it when we get to Sunday. But as we sit here a couple days in advance, what kind of a game do you think this is just on the ability to rate Jalen Hurts? I'm not even asking you how I think he's how you think he's going to play, but just in a playoff push, <clears throat> winning you can get in, mediocre opponent at this time, how much uh, stock should we put in the kind of game that Jalen Hurts has on Sunday? Yeah, I think they're all big for a first-year starter. I really do. And, you know, one thing one thing I love about Nick Sirianni, and he did it this week because I think he's, you know, hearing some of the things you just mentioned. And it's part of being a quarterback in the NFL. I think, you know, I, I every starting quarterback in this league is under incredible, incredible scrutiny in every NFL city. Some uh, are obviously more passionate than others, and Philadelphia is at the top of the list. But what Jalen is getting is no different than Carson Wentz got or, or Donovan McNabb got or, or going back to Jaws and everybody else and Randall and everybody else, Mike Vick, so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, one thing I love about Nick is he tries to educate fans, and he tries to educate fans through the media, and he tries to explain certain situations everybody and i wrote about this on 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 billy boys everybody uh was up in arms uh when dallas goddard uh was wide open in the end zone and everybody got the screenshot and uh he checked it down to quest watkins he had already moved on his progression his pre-snap read as nick sirianni said um Ruled Dallas Goddard out, and he was coached to go in a different direction because of the coverage he saw from the Giants. Now, what Nick is trying to say, you can't assume as a quarterback the New York Giants are going to completely blow the coverage and completely uh, uh, allow Dallas Goddard alone. That's not your process. And as you look across the field, if you're looking to the left and, and your progression is taking you in that direction, well, guess what? It's not a video game. You don't see the guy standing over there that they busted the coverage on. So Nick said, you live with those. He did what he was supposed to do. And then this is another thing, and I'm glad he said this, because we've had this discussion many times on this show about Miles Sanders. The old coaching staff would tell, but they wouldn't do it in public. They would only do it off the record behind the scenes. Would say, look, a lot of times, Miles is not where he's supposed to be in the receiving game. And Carson Wentz would look awful at times. People would say, what the heck is he throwing? The football running back's not in the right spot. The outlet receiver's not in the right spot. Happened again with Jalen Hurts. He looked bad. It was, in, and Nick explained it to, I forget what it was, eight yards. Miles went eight yards. He was supposed to go five yards. He's not there. He's not where he's supposed to be. And the quarterback looks atrocious. And he tells you this. Now, if people want to listen to it or don't listen to it, that's up to them. But I think it's I I I think it's a breath of fresh air. I think it helps you understand quarterback play. And what you think is a bad play is not necessarily a bad play. That's not to say Jalen Hurts had a poor first half, as he said, the ball security, not good. Second straight week, he did that. 
should have lost the fumble. They got lucky. That interception he brought up as well that got overturned, got lucky there as well. There's plenty to clean up, but it's not as bad as you think it was. And he keeps improving week after week after week. And the Eagles are very comfortable with Jalen Hurts. Now, as I said, the offseason will have many discussions. Can they improve? I don't know. They're not getting Aaron Rodgers. I know that. It's unlikely they get Russell Wilson. We'll talk about the Sean Watson ad nauseum. If they can get a player like that, they'll get a player like that. If they can't, they'll be happy with Jalen Hurts. You made the point of, quote-unquote, the screenshot view that everybody got that absolutely showed Dallas Goddard wide open. Well, why the hell didn't he throw it to him? But you're right. And Sirianni went to great lengths to try and explain that, as did Jalen as well after the game as to where they were at in that play at that time and how it all unfolded. Here's what I would have liked to have seen. And it always amazes me when they do this. I'm jumping sports again. The player tagging up in a baseball game that they've got the split camera angles so you can see exactly when it hits the guy's glove and exactly when the player uh, comes off the base. And they say they can merge those two things together, marry them up. And I always wonder, how do you know that you're not off? But they very confidently say this is a an exact showing of when the ball is caught and when the guy lifts uh, leaves the base. That's what I wanted to see on that play. As Jalen Hurts goes back to cock and throw, now show me where Dallas Goddard is. Don't show me a second and a half after two seconds. Yeah, of course he's wide open because Jalen Hurts has already made the play to throw the ball in another direction. You just see Dallas Goddard wide open. You go, oh, how did he miss him? How did he not throw him the ball? Well, he had already started his progressions cocking the ball, getting ready to throw it. Uh, he's not going to throw it to Dallas Scott. That play looked really bad the way it was presented on television. It doesn't mean that uh, that's the way it actually developed in real time. Yeah, I, and, and and what you it didn't even get to your point of what you're saying, Jody, because of the coverage on the field where with the coverage that the New York Giants were in, Dallas Goddard was the pre-snap read on that play. The Giants took him away pre-snap with their coverage, how they lined up in coverage. And then it was Jalen Hurts' job. He's coached to look in a different direction. So it didn't even get to that point. What happened was the Giants busted the coverage. And again, what Nick Sirianni is saying, you can't assume that the defense is out in the right coverage, but they're going to completely drop it and they're going to completely bust it. You have to you have to do what your coach and you have to do what that you're told. You say, okay, that's the coverage. Dallas is out. Now we go in this direction. That's what happened. That's why Nick Sirianni wasn't upset. He said it happens sometimes. You know, would you like to have the savvy of an Aaron Rodgers who might be able to pick that up and say, Oh, guess out of the corner of my eye, I'm the greatest quarterback who ever lived. Can I can I see it? Yeah. So maybe somebody like that can do it. But the last thing you want, especially a young quarterback doing, is freelancing. When they're done, when they do what they're told and what they're coached to do, coaches are happy. Sometimes it doesn't work out. 
doesn't. And it did not play, but that's okay because the game worked out just fine for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We will come back, put a bow on the show as we continue to move forward on a week where the Philadelphia Eagles may just make the playoffs for the 2021 season. Come back and uh, wrap one up here on Birds 365. This is Joe Krause of Krause's Coats inviting you to donate a slightly worn coat or jacket and help veterans stay warm this winter. Go to Krause's Coats on Facebook to help those who've served. Have a happy holiday. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The city of Philadelphia sparkles during the Christmas holiday season with an array of colorful light displays and illuminated Christmas trees donated or installed for free by the talented electricians of IBEW Local 98. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities at IBEW Local 98, visit us at www.ibew98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Only a couple of minutes left here on Bird 365. Uh, Johnny Mack, I'm assuming today is uh, Standard Coordinator Tuesday. So you get a uh, chance to. It is. It is Coordinator Tuesday. So opportunity to talk to Michael Clay, Shane Steichen, and Jonathan Gannon. 
which team are you going to ask Gannon if he wants to coach next year since the rumors are flying hot and heavy that he's going to get a head coaching opportunity? Uh, are you going to name a specific squad? Hey, Jonathan, how would you think about taking over Team X? Do you know who Team X is? Yeah, well, if you do that, you're not going to get an answer. But the only two teams, uh, the only two teams that can interview him right now are Jacksonville and Las Vegas, if they wanted to. Um, and I don't expect that they will want to. So I don't think it's going to be a a deal until after the season, at least. Um, but we'll see. I'll if nobody else gets to it, and it's my turn. I'll. I'll ask him how he's handling the situation. And the head coach uh, certainly took his back yesterday saying, yeah, I'm almost wanting to lie here and say, no, Jonathan won't be a good head coach because I want to keep him right here as my defensive coordinator here in Philadelphia. But he did say that uh, he would be a uh, nice uh, pickup for whatever team was able to get their hands on him. You don't think Gannon could do Vegas, or you just don't think the Raiders are looking? No, I just don't think the direction. Raiders. Well, first of all, I assume everybody wants an offensive head coach. It's He's not got always. no shot. Then why even bother asking the question? Why did the well, NFL guys bring him are. up? He's a defensive guy. He's got no shot. It's all offense, offense, offense in this league. Because there are Brandon Staley's lost. As I said, sometimes. You think about the Chargers last year. I mean, the Chargers of all teams with Justin Herbert, you figure, all right, they want an offensive guy in there to to mess with this great young quarterback for years and years and years. And Staley got in there, got the interview, and wowed them. Same thing happened here with Nick Sirianni, offensive coach. He got in, nobody on anybody's radar, last guy, and he wowed Jeffrey Lloyd. That's what kind of happens. And that's what Jonathan has the ability to do. If he can get an interview – because that guy is, that guy will win you over quickly, uh, and that's his sort of path to to being a head coach in this league. If he gets in the room, if you let him in the room, he's going to impress you. You're right about the Los Angeles knee San Diego Chargers. I thought that Brian Daybold, the offensive corner from the Bills, was a lock to get the Charger job. Ooh, here comes a defensive guy. You kidding me? Yeah, so well, you're right. Gannon is still very much in the mix there. All right, uh, we'll mix it up tomorrow. Rob Marty's going to hop aboard, and you're uh, going to browbeat one of your fellow Eagle Beat guys to joining us tomorrow morning as I'm well. I'm going to try to get a, a Washington football team guy or uh, uh, an Eagle Beat guy. So we'll see how the day unfolds, uh, hopefully. Uh, uh, hopefully yeah. nobody has COVID. I just was texted that uh, somebody – uh, a New York reporter that shall remain nameless uh, tested positive. So it's not a just reporter tested positive. Yeah, it's not just uh, players. It's was all that over. reporter in the the press box this past Sunday? He he was, and that's why we got the text. But I'm not going to did, say did, his did name. I'll tell in, you off there. Did I'll he reach in for a hot dog the same time John McMullen reached in for a hot dog? Uh, no, I okay. barely saw him. But uh, I was a little bit too close for comfort in the pregame, postgame press conference. Uh, okay. Um, but somebody was blocking me, so hopefully that blocked her. I'm, I'm very happy that you and I are doing uh, Zooming right here because uh, I did mention this last night. How many times now would you say you've been tested for COVID? Ugh. Since last year. Uh, last year I had to get tested every day, so 
uh, during training camp. So I'm way, way over 100 times. Way you think over. it's over 100? Give, just over. give me a number. Let's see. I'm going to say 150 times. 150 times. Then guess what? You've been tested 150 more times than I have. <laughs> I've never taken a COVID test. Why? Because I live in my basement. Then I don't go anywhere and I don't mingle with well, anyone. You don't have to. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. I don't. I don't. Um, if you're, but we're, we're, the good news is, uh, I'm 150 and I'm 150 for 150. So no uh, positive test for me. Cross fingers. Yet. That we have in common. Yes, Neither one no of us positive. has ever gotten yes. a positive test. I- I've never taken one, so I never had a chance. Yeah. You're 150 for Your batting average is better than mine. Yeah. I'm zero, now, zero. Now I'm worried about it. Now I'm worried about it. I put the jinx on him. Okay. Yeah. If you test positive today, yeah. Don't blame the New York writer who's positive. Blame me because I brought it up and asked you how many uh, tests you've taken. Well, hopefully John McMullen is well enough to jump aboard with us again tomorrow. He and I, the Mac and Mac guys, will be right back here on Birds 365 in 22 hours. We'll see you then. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.